0: Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Fit Farming Food Mom. I am your host, Connie, a certified personal trainer, online and in-person coach, and I am an NPC figure competitor. Um, I have a great passion for... For the bodybuilding industry and the sport in general. And my guest today is definitely someone that exemplifies that fact and the reason that I am such a huge fan of this sport. Um, her name is Shay Marchetta from Bikini Buff Fitness. And let me just tell you a little bit about Shay and I's background. Um, the first time I met her, she was at a local supplement store. And let me just describe Shay for you a little bit. Shay is drop-dead gorgeous. She could literally blow every one of those little bachelor girls out of the water. She's amazing. Anyway, she is also so gro- gorgeous that she could be a little bit intimidating to some other women i think sorry shay hope you're cool with that anyway so the first time i met her i was like "Mm, i don't know i'm questioning this you know uh and so lo and behold i start following her on social media and watching her stories and i'm like holy crap this girl is so funny and so next thing you know, we kind of end up chatting online and then we run into each other on a couple other occasions and at a couple of bodybuilding shows. Um one of them we were both competing at together, which was Idaho Muscle Classic in Boise. And then in the fall we ran into each other again at another show and I wasn't competing and she had clients there that she was coaching. And every time I see this girl, she meets me with the biggest, warmest, most amazing hug. She has the greatest personality and she is a real person. She is not somebody that proclaims to be something that they aren't. She has not got two different personas where she's one person online and another person um, when you see her physically or talk to her. She is 100% real and that is something that I absolutely love about her because I can't tell you how many times somebody chats with you on social media or, you know, uh talks like they're interested in being a friend with you or or just, you know, that kind of stuff. And when you meet them in real life, either they don't acknowledge your presence, which... A lot of them know exactly who you are, but they walk right by you. Um, or they're j- just not the people that you thought they were. So um, that can be kind of a shocker sometimes for people. And let me tell you something every time I see Shay, um, she is just a- amazing. She runs up to you, hugs you, and is generally interested in. You know how things are going. She's amazing. Um, So, anyways, our friendship went from me questioning her to being her social media friend, I guess, to seeing each other at shows, to having coffee with each other, and then she went and pulled a fast one and moved away to Florida on me. So now we're long distance friends. But today, I think she's an important person to have on the show because she has also been in the industry, as I have as well. And we've seen a lot of girls go through some difficult times with their body image. And we've also seen some girls um, that use contest prep as a diet. It's not necessarily something they're looking to advance um at it's just something that they're using as a tool to keep themselves stage lean essentially so anyway today we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about um some of the things that come up can come about when you get into um fitness and bodybuilding and so without further ado i'm bringing shay on the show she's amazing and i can't wait to get this started excited to have you on here. Me too. First of all, because I know you, but nobody else knows you. Um, How about you let everybody know a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, um, my name is Shay. Uh,
1: Let's see. I've been in the fitness industry for, gosh, it's been almost nine years now. Um, And I am a current competitor, previously competing in the bikini division. And currently competing in the wellness division, which is brand new to the MPC. Um, I am, yeah, I am also uh, a trainer and an online coach. ISSA huh. certified previously and ASM certified. So.
0: Awesome. And yeah. so you can be found on Instagram where? Bikini Buff. Bikini awesome. Buff, And yep. you, you left me and moved away to Florida. <laughs> Do you blame me? Yeah, I don't blame you, actually. But, you know, it's (laughs) sunny here today, so we're doing well there. Um, Okay, all right. But you moved away and left me, and you're also personal training out of Redcon 1, correct? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. Mm -hmm. I know. And the crazy thing is, is, like, so this is how I look at it. So many people... I've heard so many people like comment on your stuff and be like, Oh well, Matt and Shay, they are so lucky. They get to <laughs> go do that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, Well, yeah. you know, you don't know how many countless times they have been working their butts off to get to yeah. that point. It's not like they were like, Yay, magic trainers, here we are. No. <laughs> and now we showed up at the Redcon One gym. No. Yeah. We have put countless hours and a lot of time into getting to the Point where you're at so yeah um,
1: that is so true I yeah and I don't want people to think that it's you know like we just up and willy-nilly although it was not planned <laughs> um, I will say that um, it, you know it wasn't like we just one day were like yeah I'm gonna be a trainer and then went and did it you're right there was there's a lot of a lot of hours and learning and research and experience that's gone to getting to this point and that is actually something I'm really proud of too I'm technically the first Redcon 1 female trainer, which is really kind of cool. And it's not something that I, you know, went and applied for. It just kind of happened. And I am a full firm believer in everything happens for a reason. But it's honestly, it's pretty stinking cool to be here.
0: I'm very excited for you. And I'm sure you probably did to them exactly what you do over here and what you did to me you probably walked in there and threw around your sparkles and glitter and everybody loved you and then that was that so
1: I love you you're so good to me
0: oh geez anyway so I invited you on today because we've had a lot of talks we could probably have multiple podcasts about the talks that we've had um but one of them is definitely um, constantly seeing competitors that I think don't really do it for the sport and the love of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I think that they do it as a dysfunction. I yeah. think that they are using contest prep and dieting to keep themselves lean um, and as an excuse to diet, basically. Yeah. And have it not look like a dysfunction. So, yeah. I was hoping today we could talk a little bit about that because I think some people don't even realize that they're doing it. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so, and I've watched countless people go through this, like even people that are close to me and it just, it's coming from a coaching point of view. There's so many coaches out there that are bad coaches (laughs) and there's, there's some really great ones out there. And so I'm hoping you can elaborate a little bit on if you see these kind of behaviors developing what you would do to kind of mitigate yeah. that. I think, I think it's important to
1: start in the beginning, like, why do you compete? Right. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, a lot of, there's a lot of people out there and I think you're right. Maybe, maybe some don't even recognize this, but there's a lot of people out there who are competing as a disguise almost for what I like to call a, long-term or chronic binging and purging pattern because that's essentially what competing in that in with that intent is you know you Mm -hmm. you binge post-show and then you essentially purge again to prep for another show but it's you have to when you when you're in it for the right reasons there's you have a really strong why Mm -hmm. it's like for and everyone's why may be different like for example why I like competing is because I like to train like I Love to train. That's what I do. That's like, you know, when I think of like therapy, and it's so overplayed, so cliche, but it's true. Like five thirty every day, I come to the gym. I beat my body to absolute shit, and I love it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. competing gives me a goal, and it's you know it's it's always nice to have a goal ahead, and that's not the end goal, but it's just like a little milestone to progress your training. That's why I compete. So when especially, like, when somebody – like, as a coach, like, somebody comes to you and they're like, yeah, I really want to compete. Well, there's – I think you can, like, classify different people into types of competitors.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Like,
1: there's, like, the 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 people who, who do it because they love it and do it over and over and over, like you and I. Um, there's the people who do it as a bucket list thing, and that's cool, you know. And then there's the mm-hmm. people – and this is what I really want to touch on. There's the people who do it as an excuse to diet and stay – contest lean or because they you know they do one show and then they don't know how to balance their lives after that and that's really important because post shows the hardest part of prep like you're the last four to six weeks after the show and no one talks about this and I don't know why the four to six weeks after the show is the hardest part but that's where like binging um, patterns start and so if you're not healthy in your mind and you're not comfortable with your body or if you've ever had some sort of eating disorder or even borderline eating disorder or body dysmorphia before you go into a contest prep it's going to exasperate it it's Mm going to be worse and you're going to come out of that show probably heavier and less conditioned than when you started prep and you're going to be mentally extremely unhealthy too yeah so
0: and then let's not forget i mean i know you and i both know that it I mean it takes a lot of willpower post show anyways because yeah. you also have a lot of physiological things happening a lot of your hormones have changed and they are your body wants to eat food so it's not just a necessarily a mindset thing yeah um i mean it's not like oh yes i'm off a of plan now i can eat what i want there is right. also physiological cravings and feelings that go along and that's something that oh, a yeah. lot of people have a hard time saying no to is yeah. that that brain just overrides them. And I think you and I have both probably been in that place where oh, yeah. it's pretty crazy when you try to explain to somebody that's not a bodybuilder. Um, mm-hmm. What happens like you'll be driving by Popeye's chicken when you're deep into <laughs> prep. And it's like your freaking car just like auto wants to autopilot into the <laughs> drive through. And you're just oh, like, my gosh. or you'll be walking by a plate of food and your hand will go out and want to grab into that it plate does. of food and you're like no I didn't tell you you could do that hair what are you thinking <laughs> you know it's so, so true and
1: it's like you can't because your hormones are so out of whack you can't trust your body anymore you are fighting biology like your your ghrelin and your leptin the the hormones that tell you when you're full and Um, When you you need to be hungry and eating and what sort of things you need to be eating, those are totally out of whack, completely depleted usually. Mm -hmm. And so for any normal person, you're like, you know, somebody who's healthy, has a healthy relationship with food can generally intuitively eat, right? They eat until they're kind of full and they eat things that make them feel good. But when you go through a contest prep and after, you can't do that. You physically cannot do that because your body won't allow. So, Mm -hmm. and it's not even a matter of self-control. Like, it's hard. And I don't think there's anyone out there who sticks to a plan 100% post show, and that's just reality. No, nope. you know, I, in my first show ever, <laughs> I, I gained 20 pounds in like three days. Ugh. It was it was awful, and I felt disgusting. But it was like I could I I remember that feeling. I could not control myself. It was mm-hmm. insane.
0: And you like know? you'll you'll eat and eat, and you will be so full. And yeah. Then next thing you know, you feel like you're hungry, but you're not. Your stomach feels so totally. Full. And you're just like, what the heck is going on here? But, (laughs) you know, it's real stuff. And so people don't realize the ramifications of contest prep. It takes a lot of mental and physical willpower. And then especially post-show, which is what I like to call the gray zone. You know, nothing is black and white anymore. You're in this gray zone. So you don't have to follow a plan anymore. You don't have to adhere to it. You don't have the end goal there. You're not going to get third place if you eat a cheeseburger, you know. But guess what? You know, here we are. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to eat that. I'm going to, why not? I'm not going to, I've been, you know, keeping myself from it for so long. So I think that's definitely a big road to, you know, bad, bad dysfunctions. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally so I hear that. So when you have your, when you're, when you have a client that you see is becoming dysfunctional about the ways that they are doing things, what is the way that you approach that?
1: I think it depends on if you know that client already. Um, Usually, so it's super easy to, to get into bad eating habits not, I'm not talking about like eating crap. I'm talking about having a bad relationship with food, mm-hmm. especially when you've been dieting for so long. Um, and, you know, I guess I'll backtrack. So when someone comes to you and as a coach, you can kind of get a feel for where they're at mentally because it really is 100% mental. Um, you can get a feel for where they're at mentally pretty much right off the bat, you know, based on if they are truthful with you and tell you. Uh, like sort of what they've been eating in the past and, um, you know, what sort of exercise routine they've had. And you can tell usually if they have a healthy relationship with food, if not, or if they have a healthy relationship with their body image. um, If not, those people usually don't last an entire prep. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to bring a client like that on because you're not just giving them, you know, a full meal plan and, and supplement regimen and training protocol—it's a lot more than that. And that's a lot, but you are now playing with their their psyche, and you you have to you have to play like almost like a counselor. You are your life coaching. You're teaching them, you know, tips and tricks and techniques that you've learned in the past. That this is what I do um, to develop healthier relationships with your body and with eating and exercise. And I think it's really unsafe. Both mentally and physically, to take somebody like that who doesn't have a healthy relationship, or maybe had an eating disorder in the past, or you know has some sort of body dysmorphia or or um, dislikes their body, and bring them through a prep. I think, and I and the, this is this is bad, but there's a lot of coaches out there who are just trying to make a dime and will take anyone through a prep, and and it's awful. I've seen so many girls go through this you know, mm-hmm. and some of them do make it through and end up 10 times worse on the, on the other side. So, mm-hmm.
0: or you, you have these coaches that, that drag people through a prep. They do not prepare them for the after. And mm-hmm. then they do not give them a reverse plan. And then You know they're like a bunch of they're like an. As my one of my friends said one time, she's like, I felt like all the little animals after there's been a big flood and they're running around and they don't know where to go. Like and that and it's the truth. You know, like it's a very tough place to be mentally and physically. And a lot of the coaches that just want to make a dime are they don't look at the after. They don't look at the person's mental health. They're just looking at the right now.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And if you're a good coach, you, you give a shit about your people, excuse me for cussing, but hey, you hammer. know, you, you, you have to care about your people. You are invested in them and they're paying you for guidance. And I'm a firm believer in being a hundred percent truthful. You know, like I, I, when my clients ask me if they look a little fluffy because <laughs> they ate a hamburger, like I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not stage ready or, or whatever the case may be, but you have to be honest with your people and, If they're they're not healthy physically or mentally, especially mentally, you got to have a, like, you know, come to Jesus, talk with them, and go, okay, this is what it should look like. This is what you're doing. Here's how we get from point A to point B. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But
1: but speaking of post-show, actually, I just thought about this, too. Something that no one likes to talk about, um, but post-show blues, Uh that's a real thing. Oh, for sure. And I think almost everybody goes through it and they don't maybe not recognize what it is. Um, Especially women, our hormones are so different. You know, guys can, I think get get away with, with coming out of shows and being okay. Um, It's a lot harder on the female body, you know, especially being at that low of a body fat percentage. So coming out of a show and being depressed, it's, like your hormones are off, you are exhausted and you don't realize exactly how exhausted you are until your goal is over and you kind of have to like, everything catches up with you. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I've been pushing my body to the max and I'm, I'm dieting. And, oh my God, I could sleep for three days, you know? And then now you don't have a goal mm-hmm.
2: because,
1: you know, you can't jump from one show to one show to one show to another, to infinity. Cause it's just not possible, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then feeling that depression afterwards, like, you need to I think having that that post show, not just a diet plan to follow, but like a true self-care like let's come out of this and be healthy again, like learn how to do life again and eat intuitively again, like that's so important. and mm-hmm. I, I really wish that more coaches would focus on that and not just bringing someone to to stage
0: right, and let's be completely honest here and out front. I mean, you and I both know as seasoned competitors. That even for myself, I mean, I'm pretty dang comfortable with myself. Even yeah. with, for myself, I have a rough time. I mean, coming out of a show, you've worked so hard. You've put everything into it. Now mm-hmm. it's over. The glitz and the glam is gone. Now you're hungrier than shit. You're trying to, <laughs> you're, you know, you're trying to hang on to everything. And then yeah. and then from the outside world, there is an expectation that you just stay looking like that, right? Oh, so, Yeah. You know Honoring. how many crazy comp comp you know compliments or whatever you know mm-hmm. how many comments do you get from people saying, "Oh whoa, I've seen other people do this you get you done get done with the show and you blow up or you know oh like, my gosh, you're not even
1: fat like what yeah. are you talking about you're normal. That's so you know? I yeah, okay, I have struggled with my mental health post show, especially this this last um twenty nineteen competing season in the spring. I was really not doing very well and I had a lot of other things going on in my life, but I came out of the show and I, you know, in retrospect, like I didn't get fat by any means. I I gained weight into like a healthy body fat percentage for a woman. <laughs> like, uh-huh. But I did. It's so funny. Like I did get comments like that, um, especially from family members, which I thought was really interesting. Like, thanks for the support guys. But you know, people will say stuff like, Oh, well, why can't you be bikini ready all the time? Or why can't you just maintain that after the show? And, you don't realize that, you know, when you're getting close to show and you're doing it right, people will ask you if you're sick,
3: you know, because mm-hmm. you're
1: so lean and that level of leanness, you can't maintain that. I wish more people knew that. Um, and that's, I don't want to put like, you know, shine a bad light on competing. Like obviously we do it because we absolutely love it,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: there there are pieces of it that don't get talked about enough. And that's one mm-hmm. of them too.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And the thing is, is like, you can have a coach that takes you into prep as healthy as possible but when you are super lean you are just not healthy and that's part of it and there are I mean every sport out there it's not just bodybuilding every sport out there has typically an unhealthy facet to it unless you're doing like competitive crocheting or something and I don't know <laughs> that thing is sharp maybe you can get hurt I don't know but but you know there there is a point where there it there is things that are not healthy but a good coach is going to help mitigate those things to as much as they possibly can to try to keep you in as the best health possible. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, so coming from both of us being seasoned competitors, we both, you know, you would think it would get easier. I mean, I honestly had myself convinced this last prep that this would be a piece of cake coming out of this because I've been there, done that, blah, blah, blah. No, it was probably the hardest one I've ever done, actually, which was really weird. Um, (laughs) But I feel that I came out of it way better than ever mentally because I kind of had to push through some stuff. And then also it. Uh, sticking with my body through a rough time was like the craziest thing because then all of a sudden it decided to just metamorphose into something else that was way better and then I was like wow you know out of all of the body types I have ever had and I have been everywhere I have been almost 200 pounds I have been a size one I have I've been all over the place (laughs) and uh out of all the places I've at, this is my happiest one I've ever been at, which is really weird. So even though it was rough, I feel like sticking with it, you know, taught me some things obviously. And I'm sure yours, your are uh, coming out of your last prep did the same. And
1: when I came out of this last prep and I, 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 will say, I went into this current prep in a much better mind state. Um, but coming out of that last prep, it was a rough one. I mean, I really, I would look in the mirror and, and just it's just in my head. to so the nastiest things to myself about my body. And I felt like I had expectations, um, especially as like a, a health and fitness professional. Um, I felt like I had an expectation from other people, even though it was my own, um, to maintain like a certain level of leanness and not blow up and, and not rebound. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself to stay lean. And I I I did my best, I think, but what happened was I developed a really really kind of scary um relationship with food and I was not good to my body at all. And it took me a good two, three months and I still, you know, struggle with with uh how I feel about myself. I'm much much better now, but <clears throat> it took me like a good two or three months to really find myself again and find my groove and and, you know, like be okay with eating not like right on the diet all the time. Cause I really like, I followed, I did my macros after the show and I followed my macros almost to a T every single day post show. And that's like, you know, I don't know if that's healthy you, cause you have to get to a point too where it's, you're not, you are not partaking in that binge and purge cycle of like competing and like dieting and purging and dieting and purging or binging and dieting, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I kind of started to, to notice those patterns in myself Um and, you know, you really, this is the one thing that I found, you really got to work on self Talk like you have to be your biggest cheerleader because no one else is going to do it for you. And in fact, the more successful that you become in whatever you do, even if it's crochet, <laughs> mm-hmm. people are going to be out there shit talking to you because that's, that's like the nature of the beats. Like the mm-hmm. more that you are doing, the more you are in the spotlight and the more people are going to talk about you. And if you're not good to yourself, other people are not going to be good to you either. And that's what mm-hmm. I noticed too. Um, so I actually I found these little tips and tricks just to help myself, and it's seriously done a wonders for me. One, I meditate every day because with all the technology, like <laughs> you and I know, <laughs> how frustrating technology can be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's overstimulating. And I don't. Part of my background too is in mental health. I, I've worked in mental health, um, and I've I have lots of um, college courses in mental health and. And diet and nutrition and them all linking together. But one of the things that is a main driver for like depression and anxiety in our day and age is the overstimulation of the brain. And a lot of that is because of technology. Like you're tied to your phone. I call it your tether. You are tied to your phone 24 seven. It's your alarm, it's your camera, it's your newspaper in the morning. Like, you know, and you're constantly stimulated, especially if you're on social media. And I think that. You really have to limit your time during the show uh, prep and after the show on social media, because comparison, as we say, is the thief of joy. And if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and that's not reality, by the way, like people on social media, they edit the crap out of their pictures, Mm -hmm. you know, that's also going to play into body dysmorphia and, you know, feeling not so hot about yourself. So I I meditate in the morning. Um, And then when I was really struggling with the mirror and oh, by the way, I did not weigh myself. <laughs> I couldn't weigh myself. I, I just didn't. And then I, when I became a little bit more comfortable, I started weighing myself again and it wasn't an issue. But like with the mirror um, specifically, you know, I would say stuff like, wow, Shay, you know, you look like the Michelin man today. You're a blown out cow, like just awful, awful things. Um, and you, you have to do a lot of shadow work or like internal work to change that conversation in your head. So instead, every mirror I would walk by, I would catch myself. You know, in my head, saying these nasty things to myself, and I would catch myself, and then I would force myself to give one compliment. And let me tell you, this was like two or three show uh, weeks post-show, this last one, and I was—I would cry like every day, just like feeling so bad about myself. And I'm just being really super vulnerable here because I, I think it can help. Um, yeah, my hormones were off, and I—I I just did not—I was not feeling good like at, at all. And it was getting to be um, summertime, too. So, you know, everyone's getting in shape for summer. And I feel like I was digressing, getting out of Mm -hmm. shape. It was really weird. Um, And Uh I remember the first time I sat myself down in front of the mirror and I was like, you're going to give yourself five compliments. I don't care if they're little, big, whatever. And I came up with, like, the weirdest shit. (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) Like, your eyelashes are really nice today. You know, just, like, really random. I could not find because it was so hard for me because I, I was really lacking in self-love. It was really hard for me to find something to compliment myself on. Um, and it took me, okay, this is embarrassing, but it took me like a half an hour to find one thing that I could feel comfortable giving myself a compliment for. And I looked myself dead in the eye. And then after that, you know, it was cake. And so now every mirror I walk by, I'm like, looking good today, you know, like, but it helps build that self-esteem back up and and now I'm I'm comfortable. But it's it's knowing, like, those little things and not letting yourself get sucked down in that, that hole, that post-show blues or, mm-hmm. like, comparison hole. It's depressing.
0: <laughs> well, and I think you're definitely more... I can almost compare this with nutrition. I shouldn't go down this rabbit hole. But like when you're more insulin sensitive or things like that, you oh, are yeah. definitely more negatively impacted. When you look at social media after doing a bodybuilding show, you just put yeah. yourself up on stage to be judged by somebody. And then you may or may not have placed the way that you wanted to or you feel, felt that you had deserved. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, what are you doing? You are on instagram and you're like checking out these ifbb pros and whatever else and you're like well how come they can look like that all the time and i can't and how come yeah they how come they have big shoulders and i train my ass off and i don't have them or you know <laughs> and you start legitimately like it's so it's a it's a vortex it's the death vortex you go into there and you are stuck and you are looking and you're like all of a sudden wallowing in self-pity so um and I likewise did something similar to you is it's like for a while there I was looking in the mirror and I was like oh my gosh look at this gut you know like this is crazy Mm -hmm. and like and I finally started like trying to find my attributes because holy cow I mean if you look back on things You've really worked hard to get to the places that you're at. And that's when now everybody at the gym makes fun of me that I work out with because I'm always like checking on my books. I'm like, whoa, I've made some big booty gains here, you know, (laughs) you know. And, And so it's kind of hilarious because, you know, you start checking yourself out and appreciating the things that you have worked hard for rather than bagging on yourself about a place where you might have put on your get gotten your fat back at you know. <laughs> so
1: Oh, totally. Oh my gosh, <laughs> when you say the delts thing, I was because <laughs> I train my I train my shoulders all the time. Like naturally, genetically, I just have shit shoulders. Like it is what it is. But I remember I would be on Instagram and I would be like, "Why does she have such big delts? She's only been training for a year, you know." And like, God, that's so unhealthy. And it, you gotta recognize that, you know. And it's yeah, we all yeah. we all go through it. And it's funny, like even the pros that I've chatted with about these sort of things, like they go through it too. And it's so comforting that to know that everybody has struggles with these things. um, And to know that, that people that maybe you look up to have struggled with the same things. That's really comforting. And then you can recognize it in yourself and go, okay, like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not life or death. Even though it feels like the end of the world, when you see like your belly fat starting to pile back on, like, it's not and and you worked really hard to get to where you are now even though you're not shredded lean and this is like the off-season thing too you have to be really super comfortable with your off-season body and and I'm really like a big proponent of loving yourself in season and off-season like and are you
0: off-season right now right yeah like for a long time
1: <laughs> yeah okay so but yeah yep, you know what it's like it's it's really hard when you're in your off-season Or if you decide to compete once and you never do it again, but you go back to being like a you know, your normal healthy body fat percentage, it you have to find a way to love yourself through all of the the seasons of your body because it's carried you to there and it's just a season. You know, competing is just a season. That's why they call it competing season. Well and I I think so.
0: And, you know, right along with that, I know that you, you may or may not have seen it, but a while back I went on a rant while I was on the treadmill at the gym because I was on Instagram, of course, it's what always triggers my, (laughs) my, triggers me. I was on Instagram and there was somebody on there that was like, I can't wait to start prep, you know, they put it in their stories or whatever, because Mm -hmm. I'm so fluffy right now that it disgusts me. And I was like, okay. Well, at what point in your life is this going to be your normal season? And it's going to be the season of your life indefinitely, you know, because let's just face it, as fun as it is to compete, we probably aren't going to be doing it until we're 100 years old. We're just not. Mm -hmm. At one point, you're just going to either love the gym and continue on with working out and not be competing anymore, or you may just fall off the gym wagon completely and, and be done I mean I don't know but yeah but you at one point you need to learn to understand what normal looks like and what healthy looks like and be you know graceful with yourself about that yeah absolutely I I totally digressed I'm sorry but you're right it's
1: when when you yeah like you said and actually it's really funny I've seen a lot of people do that the the show rebound and diet and rebound and diet. And that's, it's, it's not healthy. (laughs) And I, I wish that, you know, that's the thing too, is you want to be on stage with people who are there to compete and who are competitive, not people who are there who've used it as a dieting tool. Because the thing is, is you you can diet without being in season or on prep. It's possible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's also possible to diet to get results that you want and then maintain it and make it a lifestyle and not even have to track your macros every day. Like I have mm-hmm. clients who, who really do like, this is, I, I, this is the pattern that I've, I've found, um, you know, I'll give them a meal plan. They'll learn kind of like what's what, especially if they're brand new to the gym, brand new to the nutrition. And then I give them macros. And then eventually we get to a point where they are so well-versed in like, you know, how much chicken they should be eating or like, what is a healthy option at like the Chinese restaurant? That they're intuitively eating and then maintaining the results that they've built already and Mm -hmm. that's totally possible and none of these people have done a show and they're not doing preps and and i know especially women for some reason i know so many women who use prep as an excuse to diet and i'm like it's you know prep is not healthy Mm -hmm. it's not it's not and i I know women whose hair has fallen out i know women who, who took a year to get their their periods back like it's not a healthy sport and when you're doing that every time because you haven't found the balance in life to you know have a healthy relationship with food and the gym like you're going to run yourself into the dirt and eventually it's going to end up in like a medical emergency situation Mm -hmm. eventually with that Mm -hmm. with that cycle continues Yeah. yeah
0: and you know and that's the thing is like i was blown away because i was putting like 150 percent into my last prep probably more than i should have actually but you know <laughs> it is what it is you um, worked hard i remember uh, <laughs> i um i probably should have had a coach that was like whoa take a break here girlfriend but
3: yeah <laughs> uh, but i didn't so you learned.
0: <laughs> i now know about all these things but um, the thing is, as I were, was watching these girls, as I was putting 150% into bringing the best possible package I could, there were other mm-hmm. girls prepping in the same gym as me that were just doing it because they wanted to fit into a bikini for this summer. And I was yeah. like, what? Why would you do? Wait, hold on. I'm confused about this. You know, like, I totally couldn't believe it. Or, people that wanted to do it because they wanted to have a photo shoot, you know, which is all the reasons, but those are all things that you can do without going through a contest prep as well. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, I personally had a friend the other day that was like, um, I can't, she's, she came out of a show and gained some weight. And, um, I see her punishing herself with cardio Mm. frequently And I basically finally was like, do you want my honest opinion? You know, I've put a lot of time and a lot of education into this stuff. And even before that, I feel I'm pretty well versed in, in behaviors. And I said, you need to stop punishing yourself with cardio. If you want to get your old body back. You're going to have to, to change some of your behaviors. You know, I said, Mm -hmm. punishing yourself with cardio is not working well for you. I said, why don't we, instead of, you know, having a full week of eating poorly and then spending a whole week of hours on the treadmill, how about we just get things to where they're at a nice place for you? You can lift a couple days a week. You know, maybe do some easy cardio on your body, but it's totally retaliating right now, you know, yeah. because you're punishing it. When you start to treat it right, it's going to treat you right back. And, sure. she was, and I said I and I was very blunt with her and she was like, you know, I think that I would like to do that. And I was like, come on. I said, it's been how long and you're still doing this. I said, it's about time we try another method, don't you think? And she was, she agreed. And I was like, oh, thank you. I said, I didn't really want to hurt her feelings, but I want to be up front with my friends that I see going yeah. down this terrible rabbit hole that there's other ways to accomplish your goals, you know? Oh,
1: I'm sure she appreciated that. Because like, remember we were talking about earlier, honesty is seriously, even though it may hurt sometimes and it's super awkward to be like that honest with somebody, it's necessary in this sport.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's like, that's why I was like, man, I bet you Shay doesn't know that I was scared of her the first time I did I not. Her. She's probably going to laugh her butt off when I show her the intro to this episode.
1: I was dying laughing, but you were so sweet. And it's actually, it's funny, like, I get that a lot, um, usually, because, well, and I I don't see it because I see myself still as like, shit show Shay from college, but, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. And I'm glad that we became friends because... We're birds of a feather, you know what I mean?
0: I know. Well, and, you know, I find <laughs> that it was funny that you're talking about the phone and, like, what it does to you when you are looking at it all the time. Because I was literally just listening to a um, research study on um, all sorts of the the things that phones are doing to children um, yeah. in, in the way that they are developing. And so I was like, holy smokes, she's on the same track as me, like, normal. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So uh it's funny know. i i actually took a i took a 3-day course um in Spokane actually a couple years ago and it was a course uh for like doctors and and people in the medical field for like continuing credits <clears throat> but you know i like i like to hop in on this thing sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the the course that was really all it was about was um possible hypothetical causes between be, behind um depression and anxiety and uh, in these like neurological or sort of like um mental disorders mm-hmm. and I I always find that stuff super interesting because I have suffered from depression and anxiety and panic disorder for you know years and I I still I still battle with it it's um but it's a controlled demon of mine you know Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have panic. I haven't had a panic attack in years, but you know, everyone has anxiety. Mine just still happens to be uh, a little bit more heightened because I'm anal retentive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But one of the things in that course that they talked about was one, the importance of sleep and recovery, um, but also the impact on phones and technology and what it's doing to us um, psychologically. It's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, pretty scary.
0: (laughs) And I find that's funny because I'm trying to trick, Track down a specialist in um neurochemistry right now (laughs) for my podcast um because I'm super nerdy like that and so I'm trying to track down somebody that's super good and I haven't discovered it yet but I'm working on it so um, ah, yeah anyway but so I mean back to contest prep stuff we kind of jumped down a rabbit hole there because (laughs) that's what we do um yeah we just need to have more of these shows, I suppose, where we can talk about all sorts of other things, but I agree. um, Really in truth. So, I mean, me, I never personally really want to be contest prep coach. That's not an alley that I want to go through, Mm -hmm. um, go down. (laughs) Uh, And I mean, I feel that I have now at this point developed quite a bit of knowledge around this area, but it's not my bag of of tricks i suppose i i hear you you know i want to keep people healthy and so even back to like calorie counting and things like that i'm always torn with my own clients um between do i give them an app to track calories or do i just kind of give them a general idea of what they should be eating and and portion sizes and stuff and call it because because I think there are some great things to be had via calorie counting. Um, I think because you really learn your portions and what a portion is and you start to understand it. And like you said, you no longer have to weigh your food at one point. You just know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I also feel like it opens a door for bad behaviors. Totally. I totally have to when I start talking to a client about food and, you know, weight loss and everything else. I really have to be mindful of the kind of person that I am. Um, speaking with and the kind of person that I'm going to be helping because I have to formulate my plan around that. Some people get to count their calories and some people just don't. Some people, it's just exactly you know, at this meal, have like this much of A, B, or C, you know, like you definitely have to be individual in your approaches. And so, so, I'm sure you have ways to work around that as well with people where you see, um, potential eating disorder. Oh, I'm the same way. A hundred percent. Actually
1: I have, and it's funny, it's like such a mixed bag. I have clients that, you know, I'll give them like a a suggested foods and I'll kind of let them do their own thing and they have seen great results. And then there's other clients that I feel comfortable enough giving them a meal so that they can follow it. And then graduating to intuitive eating over the course of, you know, months or so. And that works too. But I would, you know, especially for somebody who I know has struggled either with body dysmorphia or an eating disorder or or both maybe because they usually go hand in hand I would not give someone a meal plan um who I feel like that may trigger uh, or exacerbate one of those two things or both Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's healthy and you're right it does it does breed it does breed eating disorders Mm -hmm. um but for somebody who has a good relationship with food and really just like you know maybe they're maybe they're prepping for a show or maybe they're going on a cruise and they have like four weeks or whatever. I think that's totally acceptable, but it's, it's when you start treating it, like it's all about intent too, right? Like intent behind whatever you're doing matters. And especially for women, what I found is I'm going to digress a little bit, but if you are stressed out, chronically stressed out. And what I mean by stressed out, not just like the day-to-day stuff, but if you are like depressed or um, not okay with your body and that's a form of stress too, like your body will not respond. Mm -hmm. And, and men are different in that way. Uh, And I I don't know exactly the why behind that yet. I'm I'm still, you know, me, I like research everything, but you know, women, women don't respond when they are not happy. And I've done these little experiments with myself too. It's so funny. Like (laughs) I make amazing progress, same diet plan, same cardio regimen, same training, same effort. I'll make an amazing progress when I'm happy versus when I like, if I'm going through a, a phase of like depression or like severe anxiety or stress in my life, I won't mm-hmm. progress at all. So mm-hmm. that's another thing to take into consideration too, is like, he, he, it's all about intent and behind the why, you know, if you're dieting because you're happy and you, you just really like want to get more confident, that's great. And you probably will see great results. If you are dieting and you start a contest, prep because you hate yourself one, you're probably not going to see great results, especially if you're a woman. And two, that is not healthy. And that that's when I think that I would, if somebody who's coming to me, I would suggest that they completely back out, relearn how to have a good relationship with food and the gym and exercise and make it a healthy lifestyle and get on track there first, because you have to be good before you dive into a prep, because the prep is extreme. That's mm-hmm. extreme dieting. Mm-hmm. I like to call it the art of, the art of starvation, but it's true. And it should not be... It should be a a mentally um, a healthy, happy journey because you do it because you love it. And the minute that it becomes um, something that is unhealthy or something that makes you mentally um, strained to the point where you're, you're having an eating disorder or depressed and anxious, then you need to stop and pull out because the stage will always be there.
0: Well, and that, like you said, really finding your why, I mean, to Mm -hmm. any competitor that's listening to this, you really need to do a self-examination of why you are competing. And really, I mean, be completely honest with yourself because this is a avenue that if you proceed down it and you continue to do it, like you said, it is not going to end well. I mean, metabolically speaking even, you know, I mean, let's just Mm -hmm. break it down to brass tacks for somebody who's terrified of gaining weight. Metabolically, if you run yourself that hard, for that long, and you keep doing continuous preps to stay lean, you are going to cause yourself huge metabolic ramifications down the road. Um, Yeah. And that's a huge, huge thing that a lot of people do not realize, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, being said, I mean, I I think that you and I are both on the same page with the fact that you know, uh, definitely knowing your why is a, is a huge thing. And then also what is your motivation? I mean, you and I as personal trainers both know this is covered thoroughly when we go through our courses, but <laughs> yeah. intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, you know, yeah. Um, you are in extrinsically motivated to do a bodybuilding show. If you are trying to do it for your social media posts or for mm-hmm. your friends and family to show off your weight loss or whatever it is, um, yeah. and when this is from what I've seen, extrinsically motivated people are the ones that that some of them do give it their all and they kick ass. I mean, don't there's no denying that they give it their all. They push as hard as they can, and they come in amazingly conditioned. And you know, but. Here's the thing, they do this time after time after time, chasing those trophies, tr- chasing that reward, and they stop listening to what their body needs. And those are the people that end up with major injuries, um, mm-hmm. you know, major sickness, They and they end up falling out of the gym. Either that or they end up falling out of the gym altogether because they have pushed so hard for so long that they're just completely tired and burnt out totally. So, yeah whereas the intrinsic person like you said we're more likely to listen to our body and um you know do what our our body is telling us to do because we're tuned into things and because we love training and because we want to continue to train we're going to take good care of ourselves you know yeah. so yeah. that's my little um thought about <laughs> about that you know at what at what point is it an intrinsic motivator that you're just doing it because you love it. I mean, me, I, li- I like to lift weights. I, I wouldn't say that I'm passionate about lifting weights because where I have a hang up is I am passionate about muscle. Like I, mm-hmm. it's been a thing ever since I was a little kid. You know, I've been watching YouTube videos of men at the Olympia because to me, muscle is an art form and it's something that I'm addicted to in my own self. And so I like to, and it's probably, that's probably dysmorphic in itself, you know, but I'm (laughs) into that. I'm totally into that. Um, I love muscle. And so it's just something that I appreciate and I like to see on myself. But then what I've noticed is through the years of doing this is that I've developed all sorts of other appreciations for training, for helping other people and all of that, you know, so I feel like, maybe at one point might've been a, an extrinsic motivator turned into a completely intrinsic one where I just have so many things that I appreciate about, you know, this sport as an art form. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing too, is when you are deep into prep, especially like at that six week out mark, you know, from there on out, like you're going to feel like shit and you know, you have to get up every day go to the gym. I, I go like two or three times a day uh, when I'm in prep, you know, for cardio in the morning and then training and then cardio again, usually because I'm the type of person, I'm like fairly endomorphic and <laughs> I require a lot of cardio, but mm-hmm. you have to dig deep during that time. And if you don't have a really strong, why, I mean, it's gotta be strong. You won't survive. Like you won't make it through. And as some, like I have failed, I failed four preps. Like I have prepped four times that I failed, like didn't go through with it all the way. And some of them, I, I failed halfway through some of them. I, I dropped out like a week before the the time I was supposed to step on stage. And like, that was because, and I, I fully attribute this to my, why was not, it was not impactful enough. And so know that too, for people who haven't competed and are, are thinking about it, you, you really have to have a strong why. And if you don't know what your why is, I highly suggest sitting down and making like a Venn diagram because I'm a, I'm a really like a type A person. So I like lists and diagrams and stuff like that. But like I will sit down and I will make a list of every reason why I am doing what I'm doing, whether it's in business or competing or in my personal relationships, you know, just so that I can visually see that, like that is my why. And that's going to be the thing that when I feel like throwing up on my second leg like, day of the week, like two weeks out, that's I'm going to remember that like okay this is why I'm doing this because I freaking love it and you know I'll recall that again because it's so easy to quit and it Mm -hmm. it gets hard it does get hard
0: well and that's funny that you say that find your why because I mean me I love the stage I love to pose posing (laughs) is my favorite thing ever Uh, stage when I step on that stage I know all of my why's but and it's really funny because um I think it was one of my last prep I called my friend Yvonne, and I think I was in a bad way. I was literally on the Stairmaster, and I think I was crying. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know how much further I can go. I am in extreme pain, and I said, I don't know how much further I can go. And she was like, Connie, right now I need you to think of your why. Why do you oh. do this? She's like, Because I pretty much know why you do this whenever I see you step on stage. She's like, because you glow. And I think you need to remember how you feel when you step on that stage. Because you've told Mm -hmm. me it a million times. And I was like, you know, girl, that's why we're friends. (laughs) Because you (laughs) in and out. (laughs) yeah. You know, I'll probably be that old lady that's like posing, even if I'm probably not in shape for it um I'll probably be that old lady uh you know because I love it you know it's just fun to mess with the different styles and then that was another thing I appreciated about you as well like I don't know when you posted this it was on quite some time ago you posted a diagram that you had made for yourself that said places you wanted to be like in three five or ten years oh yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you posted that online and you were like I want to be a social media influencer I want to be a, a fitness co- or, you know, coach or whatever you had on there and you're yes. like holy smokes I have achieved like a multitude of these already. And it's not even to that time yet, you know? (laughs) My (laughs) time is not even up, you know? And so I I appreciated that because I was like, here's somebody that is going after their goals and knows what they want in life. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's important. And you have to apply that to competing too if you want to be, I think, successful in competing. And by successful, I don't mean placing because that's subjective. I mean, going into show, being proud of your work, coming out of it, going like, Fuck yeah. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I rocked this. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I improved. I rocked this. I'm, and you know, every time I step on stage, you know, I told myself it doesn't matter. You know, even the first time I ever stepped on stage, I did really well, which was surprising to me because I was mm-hmm. I was brand new at it. But I was like, I I remember stepping on that stage and like tearing up because I had actually done it, and so many people yeah. don't do it. They don't make it. And I was like, Wow, I'm doing something that you know a very small percentage of people do, and so I don't really care if I get last because if people and my family and people aren't proud of that, that I made it actually here, and who cares about the rest? Then screw them all, you know? totally,
1: totally. So. And one last thing, too, we we're talking about getting on stage. Um, you will know, especially if you haven't competed before, you will know. It's like a in your gut. And I remember this first show that I ever did. I remember being pretty nervous <laughs> to step on stage in an itty-bitty bikini, especially because, you know, there's so many people out in the crowd and so many people that are, like, truly judging you. That's mm-hmm. pretty scary. Um, and I remember as soon as I stepped out on stage and I looked in the crowd, my, like, all of my fears, all of my anxiety just went away. And I just had fun. And it was awesome. And mm-hmm. I loved it. And so I think you will know if you are supposed to be up there, one, because you, you are the only person who knows how hard you worked, you know? And so if you're cheating on your diet or you're not getting all your cardio in, you're going to step on stage and you're not going to be as proud of yourself because you, you didn't commit to a hundred percent. And two, like you will know if competing is for you, the minute that you step out on stage, if you're not enjoying it, probably not going to do it again. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, you know, somebody like you and I, we get on stage and we're just like meant to be up there. Like that is. Like we love it, right? Having we the time the of our lives, yeah, yeah. You really do glow, and I and I think, especially because I I am I I personally know so many judges out there, and I think that judges see that on you. I, I think that's part of your package as a whole too, mm-hmm. and that comes from being proud of your work and dedicating one hundred percent all the time through your entire prep. And knowing, Which honestly, like you said, yeah,
0: yeah. Knowing you did not cheat, you brought your whole mm-hmm. thing. If that wasn't, if it wasn't for some reason meant to be, it was not your fault. You did the best you possibly could to get up there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, on that note, if you could share anything with anybody that's considering competing or already has competed, um, that maybe possibly is doing it for the wrong reasons, what can you do to shed a little light on helping them make a good decision for themselves and for their body?
1: I think... First things first, do your research, hire a good coach and hire somebody that you not only look up to, but get along with and cares about you as a person. And two, know that the stage will always be there. You don't have to be in contest prep all the time to be dieting all the time. It's not expected of you to be stage lean. In fact, the people that you see like on Instagram and Facebook, excuse me, Facebook, they're posting, they're posting pictures from when they were in season they're not they don't look like that all the time and you can ask any of them they repost things from months and months and months ago when they're shredded um so let go of all those expectations of yourself learn to love your body in whatever stage it's in even if you have a little bit extra fluff and you're not feeling very good about yourself like look at yourself in the mirror have a conversation with yourself eye to eye learn and, and learn where to find that love and acceptance of your body, and then decide if you want to do a show and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and maintain that honesty with yourself. And as soon as that, as soon as the reasons become blurred or your why isn't strong enough, like it's okay to let go. No one's expecting anything of you. So that's my word of advice for people who are thinking of competing or our or current competitors.
0: Awesome. And I think that that is yeah. fine advice. So with that, I am going to end our conversation for the day. I do think that in the future, we just need to have a get together every once in a while and do a and a maybe with people and talk about Heck things. Yeah. I think that that would be fun, <laughs> especially because you and it. I have a lot of the same... Um, views on things, I think. Um, yeah. And I have felt that since the moment that we um, first became friends. So, uh, well, mm-hmm. not the very first moment that I ever met you. <laughs> you know what I'm maybe saying? Maybe the second. Yeah, the, maybe the second. And then by the third, I was <laughs> pretty much sold. And and now you asked yes. me, and I watch your Instagram stories, and legitimately, between you and your boyfriend, Matt, people need to yeah. follow you guys because. <laughs> I laugh so hard at your guys' stuff. I mean i I would just love to be a fly on the wall at your house because I'm sure some of the, I'm sure some of the conversations that that come about would are probably just completely oh. hilarious.
1: Anyway, I wish I could film them all because sometimes, yeah, and and it's funny. Our friend Trevor, um, like he moved down to Florida last minute with us, and I'm like, Trevor, I feel like you just need to walk around with a like a a microphone just. Some uh, of our conversations, I swear, They're and they're so random, but I'm trying to be calling. more um, transparent because I, it's funny, like, when you said that, I recognize that maybe I, people see me differently than I obviously see myself, so mm-hmm. I want, I would, you know, I want to, I just want to be super transparent with myself, and, like, you know, sometimes we have pretty, pretty funny
0: conversations, but. Well, and you are, like, legit one of the coolest gals out there and the most oh. caring and charismatic, like. Especially in an industry where it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, I would say most of the people that I have met are incredible people. And I have developed some yeah. amazing, amazing relationships through bodybuilding. Um, but on the flip side, there are some people out there that are very cold hearted and they're mm-hmm. ugly. I think they're ugly on the inside and it shows, it shows, you know, it shows yeah. through the beauty, it shows through the muscle, it shows through everything. Um, they're just cold. And 100%. I never want to be a person like that. I always want to be well known for being a good person. So, yeah, Um, you
1: are very raw and
0: real. And I love that about you. So, Mm. I'm lucky that I stumbled across you. And, yeah. (laughs) And then I'm also, you know, I, it was, I just like I said in the intro, like when, when, ever I would see you in public even though we weren't like close friends you would always be like hey and be hugging and be <laughs> like how's it going like everything you were always well, so yeah. engaged which is a you know it's a it's awesome so anyway um well we will do this again and I am so thankful you came on yes. today. all Please, right
1: I will be back
3: all right everybody that about wraps up this episode i'm so thankful that shay took time out of her schedule to come on and chat with me um we are both competitors we've both been there we both understand and kind of watch things that go around in this sport and so it's always good to kind of share things as always please share this episode with your friends if you liked it click on it and subscribe that would be great and sharing is caring it helps us get this information out there to other people that are maybe currently competing, thinking of competing, or maybe people that just have these thoughts and feelings too and they don't share it with um, their friends and family or fellow competitors. I mean, they're not alone in their journeys, so we want to let them know that. Um, Anyways, sharing is caring. Please subscribe, please share via Spotify. You can send it right to your Instagram stories. We would appreciate the share. Anyway, until next time, I hope you guys have a good one.